so uh, welcome to back to these amazing places podcast. This is Adam and Doug, and we're recording live in in Buckeye Lake, where we're going to do the show today. Um, this is show number fifty-two for the week of April twentieth, two thousand nine. Okay, and as usual, I'm going to give you some contact information. Uh, let's just make this short and sweet. You can go to the website. You can get our contact page, fill out information there. Uh, you can catch up with us on Twitter. The link is also on the site. You can catch up with us on Flickr and join a group. And that's also, uh, there's a link right off of our site. You can also reach us at uh, voicemail. Uh, the number is 641-715-3900. And that's extension 53056. So give us a call. Okay, and great. And as we've mentioned before, we're, we're recording live right in front of Buckeye Lake, which is really located in central Ohio. Uh, it's kind of a fun little place. Um, we have a lot more information to talk about, including a museum, uh, activities to do around here that are here today, and a lot of it has to do with the history of Buckeye Lake. And yeah, now this, this show actually started out for us. It was going to be uh, just about the amusement park that used to be here right just steps from where we're standing and it's kind of expanded out into uh, the history of uh, Buckeye Lake so we'll probably do this in several different shows uh, each show will uh, capture something a little bit different about the lake and so uh, this is probably going to take two or three weeks so everybody sit back and relax okay great and uh we're back here at Buckeye Lake live. Obviously, we're still recording the show, and I just want to say you can't see it. You can't. You maybe you can hear it, but it's a it's a bright, sunny, probably 75 degrees right now, and it's oh yeah, it's boats are out on the water. Um, you can hear a few of them. Hopefully, we'll pick up a little bit of that in the background. Traffic behind us. We're a little bit off from the um, ground, but okay. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna put pictures up. So that's that's what I want to say about that. So Doug wants to introduce what we're doing. Yeah, okay, and so uh, actually, as I said before, that we had at first started out that we were going to do this uh, podcast, just one over the amusement like the amusement park that used to be here at Buckeye Lake, but uh, after going through the museum, which we're going to uh, we're going to use some audio from the museum uh, from the curator of the museum that we talked to, uh, we'll use that as clips throughout the show. But as we began speaking to her, we realized there were a lot of other things to cover about Buckeye Lake. And so it just wasn't going to do it justice to just do it in one show. So we're actually going to cover this in three shows. In this one, we are actually going to cover uh, the history of Buckeye Lake, how it uh, came to be, and uh, really what it's, what it's been, what it's transformed uh, into throughout time, uh, basically from uh, its very uh, beginning and how they... They believe it began, and that was from a glacier. Uh, anyway, we can go through all that. We could, and it would take us forever to break it down, but we actually have an audio clip uh, from a DVD that explains a lot about uh, how uh, Buckeye Lake came to be. So we're going to play that for you now. Thirty-five miles east of Columbus, the state capital of Ohio, stands a body of water connected centrally with the history of the United States. Known today as Buckeye Lake, this inland body of water, covering over 3,000 acres, is the result of the combined efforts of both man and nature. As the last of the glaciers that once covered North America began to retreat northward, a natural lake, known as a Kettle Lake, was formed 
at the confluence of what is present-day Licking, Perry, and Fairfield counties. Occasionally, the flow of the glacier stopped, and stagnating ice would break and become buried in the glacial till. As the ice melted, the till material collapsed into the hole, forming funnel-shaped hollows. Like all lakes and ponds, many of these kettles became filled with sediment and peat, becoming swampy depressions. The boggy area of the post-glacial Buckeye Lake region was home to such prehistoric animals as the Mastodon. About four miles from Buckeye Lake, during the renovation of a local golf course, the skeletal remains of a Mastodon were discovered. It was reported as one of the most significant finds of that year by Scientific Magazine. It is called the Burning Tree Mastodon. By the time European explorers arrived in the region, the Native Americans referred to the area as the Big Swamp. European and colonial settlers, future citizens of the soon-to-be-formed United States, began to explore lands west of the established colonies. The Ohio Company, an organization formed in 1747 to extend settlements of Virginia westward, commissioned Christopher Gist to explore the Ohio Valley. It was on a trip in 1751 to map the Ohio region that Gist refers in his journal to an area west five miles, southwest 15 miles, from the north side of Licking Creek, about six miles from the mouth, as the Great Swamp. Gist is believed to be the first Caucasian to visit the Buckeye Lake region. Following the Revolutionary War, the United States Congress in 1783 and 1785 by resolution, set aside certain lands that stretched from present-day Columbus to the Buckeye Lake region for the exclusive use of those former citizens of Canada and Nova Scotia who immigrated to the colonies and fought alongside the revolutionary troops against England. This land was appropriately called the Refugee Tract. In 1801, L. Nathan Schofield was commissioned to survey the area by the United States government. The survey map provides a clear description of the Big Swamp as it appeared at the beginning of the 19th century. Each square was a mile on a side and contained 640 acres. Some plots list the name of the Canadian refugees who had already laid claim to their land. In 1825, in Hebron, Ohio, with the governor of New York, DeWitt Clinton, and Ohio's governor, Jeremiah Morrow, on hand, the first spade of dirt was turned in the construction project, which eventually produced the Ohio Erie Canal. This inland waterway, running from Lake Erie on the north to Portsmouth, Ohio on the south, literally traversed the state of Ohio and provided inexpensive transportation for goods and people. 
Any inland waterway needed a continuous source of water. Plans were developed to construct a huge earthen embankment to both contain and elevate the water level in the Big Swamp. Not only did the Big Swamp provide sorely needed water, but it was located on the second highest level on the course of the Ohio Erie Canal. In 1830, five years after the groundbreaking ceremony, the enlarged pond was filled with water. With the completion of the reservoir, the canal was open to traffic from Hebron to Lake Erie. The former Big Swamp was now officially known as the Licking Summit Reservoir. In order to complete the canal and cross over the Licking Scioto Divide, the deep cut was dug south of Millersport. When this mammoth digging project was finished in 1833, the 303-mile canal route from Lake Erie to Portsmouth was open for travel and shipping. Not long after the completion of the reservoir and canal, it became evident that the water storage capacity was insufficient for the canal needs. A large addition to the reservoir was planned for the west end of the body of water. Earthen banks were constructed which enclosed an additional 500 acres of water. This expansion became known as the New Reservoir. With the enlarged capacity for water storage, the water demands for the canal appeared to have been met. The canal and towpath went from Sellers Point to Millersport, continuing across what is now the middle of the lake. This line of travel marked the division between the original and the new reservoirs. An early pioneer to the Big Swamp area was Thomas Minthorne who, around 1820, constructed a log cabin near the North Shore. With the coming of the canal workers, mostly Irish immigrants, the entrepreneurial Minthorne received a contract from the Canal Commission to provide room and board for the canal workers building the reservoir embankment. His hotel was located at the site on the west bank of the canal where the canal entered the reservoir on the North Shore. Minthorne's yard served as the outdoor kitchen where huge iron kettles contained the various stews made for consumption by the hardy canal workers. Another example of early 19th century life is reflected at the Holtzbury Cabin, now located at the Greater Buckeye Lake Historical Society. When the refugees from the northern British colonies came into the area, most of them shied away from taking lands near the lake with its marshes and mosquitoes. That didn't bother John Holtzbury, who built a log house in what is now the village of Buckeye Lake around 1840. It was constructed of logs and shingles hewed by hand. It is a one-room log cabin with a loft beside the fireplace.
In May 1894, the Ohio General Assembly passed an act dedicating the Licking Summit Reservoir as a public park. The reservoir was now to be known as Buckeye Lake. At the time of its dedication as a public park, the lake covered about 3,500 acres with over 30 miles of shoreline. It was seven and a quarter miles in length and about one and a quarter miles across at its widest point. For 25 years, 1904 to 1929, the interurban line, known originally as the Columbus, Buckeye Lake, and Newark Traction Company, daily brought pleasure-seeking vacationers to the lake shore. The interurban line also owned and operated a hotel on the north shore of the lake. On weekends and holidays, special excursion trips on both the railroads and the interurban brought hundreds of day trippers to the lake. Sarah Brothers Marine was founded in 1904 on the north shore of Buckeye Lake. All right, hope you enjoyed a little bit of clip from the uh, DVD there. We do want to talk a little bit about the museum, and I do want to mention this. Buckeye Lake is located um, probably, what, 30 miles east of Columbus, Doug, yeah. would you say? Okay. If you're coming in from a car, uh, you just have to take Interstate 70 directly east, and it is uh, Interstate 79, or not Interstate, but State Route 79 is what exit you'll want to get off of to get to Buckeye Lake, and it's right here, That'd right be there. 79 south. It'll point you in the direction that the signs will. But it's very easy to get to, and if you're flying in uh, Columbus area, uh, you'll definitely need to rent a car to get here. Um, um, but if you have any information, any questions about that information, just let us know. We are close to this area, so we can help you get around. But uh, one of the things that we wanted to talk about was the museum that we visited to get this audio and uh, that we checked out. There was a lot of memorabilia around the area, um, but Doug's going to talk about the contact information for the museum that has a website and the uh, lady that we met who's in the DVD that we played. And go ahead, Doug, and say okay. all that information. The museum is actually called the Museum at the Lake. And uh, I'll just give you their address. It is P.O. Box 14729 Walnut Road, Route 79. It's in Buckeye Lake Village, Buckeye Lake, Ohio, 43008. Uh, we're going to actually put up their website URL and the show notes, but it is BuckeyeLakeHistory.org. The uh, museum director is J hyphen M E Bragg, and she is a museum director. And if you want to reach her for booking information, um, and the number is 740 929 1998. They also have a, a museum guide. Her name is Donna Bragg. You can reach her at 740-928-8106. You can also email Jamie at j-me at buckeyelakehistory.org. All that stuff will be in the show notes. Uh, to get into the museum, they actually take donations. The donation is uh, $4 or what you can afford at the door and $1 per child. Um, the museum actually covers a lot of stuff. It wasn't just... Yeah, there's a lot of stuff on Buckeye Lake, up through several things that you're going to hear us talk about in the next several uh, podcasts. But um, also some other things. Uh, they have a lot of uh, newspaper clippings from, well, clear back to, I think the latest, the earliest one I saw was in 1918. 
and uh, clear up through. So you see a lot of interesting things. They're real newspapers. They're not just you know copied or anything like that. They're actually real papers. They of course cover a lot of things from the museum. Uh, and also a lot of other things that just took place within the Buckeye Lake community and within this this area uh, actually from the early uh, well I should say mid to late 1800s up through present day um, I want to say something also don't forget we we are posting pictures online on our Flickr account so you, you can just go to our photos page on our website and click on the Flickr page to view those um, but I think one of the basic overviews of the museum that you want to say is there everything was donated so everything is um in an old memorabilia fashion where uh you may have like just something i don't know some i'm trying to think of an obscure item that may have been there Uh, there are a lot of pictures that are old that were taken that are hanging behind glass so you can see them but like uh the uh What's that bicycle that was on the ceiling? It's got a it's got a huge wheel on the front. You know, it's the old school bicycle. Yeah, like bicycle. the old tri tricycle type. Yeah, but tricycle I know ones. Yeah. But yeah, like that was there. Um, there's a there's an old 1920 car. I forget. I took a picture of it. We'll put there's it up. There's a in, ride vehicle from the museum. There's uh, yeah yeah. From there was the, 1918 Chevrolet. From the amusement park. Yeah. Right. You oh, meant yeah. The amusement park. Yeah. There's a ride there, um, and, and it's uniforms, uh, military uniforms mm-hmm. from people from that era, from that time. Uh, There's also I found the blueprint drawer with a bunch of different items. Well, it wasn't just blueprints either. It was actually kind of neat, wasn't it? Uh, there were legal documents in there. There were playing cards mm-hmm. from Buckeye Lake and from the park during that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of cool things. A lot of stuff we still didn't even get to go through. Uh, they have a cabin that was actually uh, oh, yeah. the guy I think who actually moved in. First, he was the first resident, I believe, of Buckeye Lake. They have his cabin, and there. then and an outhouse with somebody sitting in it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think we have a picture of that, don't we? Yep. Okay, good, it's good. So they can go in and check that out. Um, um, and but anyway, uh, anyway, you, that'll you know give what? you the information. Let me say though before I forget uh, that when you do go in, this is the first time we've met Jamie, and she was great. She's a wealth of information about uh, past and present, and. Uh, uh, anyway, yeah, go in. When you do go in, uh, make sure that you stop in and talk to her. Her office is right in there as soon as you head in. She's extremely personable and fun, fun to talk to. So, and she's not what you would think is your, you know, natural <laughs> museum creator. She's actually a lot of fun. So, Well, I think the th- main thing is she's had history and that her four generations of her family have lived here. And that's mainly why she's running this museum because... Uh, she has history in her in her family, and it's connected to her personally. So anyway, um, I I myself have not grown up in this area. Doug, you did. I mean, your dad's own land, and your grandparents have owned land around here. Uh, but myself, in knowing that I'm interested in history, and so this museum kind of gives you a step back look of what has been around here. And the cool thing about it is, too, you can also come. We're actually standing right at Buckeye Lake right now, the present day, and there. While the amusement park is unfortunately not here, there is a lot of stuff that is still left uh, that you can use as a vacation home or you can use as just a place to come out and go it's fishing. Really, There's a lot a main, of people fishing right yeah, now. Yeah, right now there are. There are a lot. A lot of people just, uh, well, actually, we see a guy over here uh, setting up rigging and stuff on his sailboat. Yeah. So uh, there is a large marina. There's a yacht club that we can see right from where we're standing. Uh, that yacht club, actually, if you go into the museum, but you you can find out also... Uh, that that yacht club has been there since 1913, and, and it's on the DVD too, so yeah, we can play is. part of that audio at a different. I don't know, maybe we can do. You it. know what? Let's play it now. Okay. Also, at the turn of the century, 
the variety of activities at the lake began to increase. Snake hunters and fishermen were soon joined by stump skippers, and in 1906, the Buckeye Lake Yacht Club was formed. Stump skippers, uh, I firsthand know what that means. Uh, back then, of course, the, the, uh, in the beginning, the stumps were still in the lake because when they filled it to be a reservoir, they didn't bother cutting the trees down, so the trees just stood there. They just wanted it to hold water. It, then what they would do in the early 1900s, and actually I remember seeing people do it uh, since in the 70s, but they would, when the lake would go down in the winter, they'd go out and saw the, saw the stumps off. That, uh, 1906, and possibly 1905, somebody had the idea, well, let's start a yacht club. And so they began to contact their friends and people that they knew. And in April of 1906, in fact, I think it was April 24th, 1906, they planned a big meeting in Columbus. Uh, and there, it was on a Sunday, gathering together people who wanted to form the Yacht Club. That uh, made, made a headline in the Columbus paper, in fact, in two or three of the Columbus papers. It was in the Newark American Advocate, I think it was called, and also there, there was an article in the uh, Toledo paper. Uh, I think they were somewhat laughing at the fact that somebody was building a yacht club here in the middle of central Ohio. The first meeting of the Yacht Club was about 11, 12 weeks later uh, out on Orchard Island, out on the lake. And that was the meeting at which the club was formed. Officers were um, elected and the Yacht Club was off and running. They needed some kind of building and they needed a place to put it, so they looked around and they found uh, the island we're on now, only it wasn't the same as it is now, of course. It was a little high rise with a few trees on it. Uh, it was called Sunken Island. Uh, and they took over a lease. A fellow had a lease, and in fact, I have the original lease. Uh, they took over the lease for this Sunken Island and a lot right at the end of the bridge uh, that's still sitting there and still belongs to the Yacht Club. It's still an empty lot. And they decided to build a clubhouse. So. They built a clubhouse on the east side of the island, right out here, somewhat near the, near the front of where the island was then, and then they built boathouses all along where the existing boathouses are now. And they were, they were you know, the boathouses of course were built over the water and the clubhouse was built over the water. Okay, great, hopefully you enjoyed that. And Doug has a little more information and something close to what you can do while you're here present day. There are a lot of things that you can do within this area. Of course, if you see Jamie and over the next three shows, uh, we're gonna give you a lot of other things. They're even outside the lake of things that you can go and do. Uh, there's a ton of history in each one of them. And that doesn't just mean places or museums that you go to visit, but actually places that you can eat at, such as the Yacht Club, uh, such as the Blue Goose, which is another restaurant that's been here since the very early 1900s. Anyway, but I'm gonna give you one thing that is directly attached to uh, the donations anyway, or attached 
to the uh, uh, to the museum that we just discussed earlier, and that is called the uh, Queen of the Lake Two. It's a 40-passenger tour boat uh, that's, that gives public tours from May to October on Saturdays and Sundays at 2 p.m. Uh, for adults, it's also a donation. Adults are 11 bucks. Uh, seniors and children are nine. Children under five are free. Uh, actually, it looks like a blast. It looks like a large type pontoon boat, but it's covered. And I'm sure that there's probably a lot of history also within this tour as you, as you take it. Uh, the only reason why we're talking about this and not some of the other things, or we'll cover some of these other things with live audio, uh, some of the other things that they do throughout the museum, throughout, you know, speaking about the history of the lake. And since we're going to do live audio in the next couple shows of those, and most likely we will not make it into the uh, Queen of the Lake too early enough to be able to put it on the show, I just thought that I would cover that for now. I think the, uh, this is a wonderful place to visit, and... Uh... As Doug mentioned, we're probably going to cover this in the next couple of weeks um, just because it's got so much information that we can't cover in a short show that we, we try to keep our shows under an hour and we don't want to keep it a big, large download for you. But uh, we're actually right now going to end the show for now. And uh, once again, thanks for listening. Contact us if you are looking, um, following us on Twitter or anything. In fact, I think I'm going to update Twitter right now just so that if anyone is paying attention, they can see that we are... <laughs> Cool. Actually, we're at some place. I'm going to shoot a twit pic. Let's see here. We're going to take a, a walk down what they call basically it's the boardwalk that uh, runs along the lake mm -hmm. and goes about four miles from what we were told. It will actually pass right behind uh, the yacht club, so maybe we'll get a few pictures of there. And so then, of course, those will go up on to Flickr so that you can go on there and check them out. Okay. And if anything interesting comes up along this walk, You'll hear it probably over the next several weeks on the shows. So for now, uh, we bid you adieu. Okay, thanks for listening, and see you later. This podcast has been brought to you by theseamazingplaces.com. All rights reserved. This podcast may not be rebroadcast, edited, tweaked, stolen, pitch shifted, published, rewritten, redistributed, or otherwise changed for any reason without prior consent from theseamazingplaces.com. Unless, of course, you don't have an iPod to take with you and you need to burn a CD. After all, These Amazing Places is a 100% nonprofit podcast for anyone who wants to listen. Copyright 2008, 2009, and beyond. Uh, it's, what? This is 52. 52, and yeah. then what's the week, though? Uh, <laughs> hang on. Oh, yeah, pull up your calendar. Monday? What's Monday? Well, if today's the 18th, 19th, 20th, 20, yeah.